0: Red Sox fall to the Orioles and lose the series, but Masataka Yoshida is still hitting homers. You are locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. I want to welcome you back into the Locked On Red Sox podcast, and thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I am your host, Jake Inezuski, and today I am joined by a very special guest. He goes by the name Corbin, and he is the creator of Red Seat Radio over on YouTube. And Him and I discuss Game 2 and Game 3 of the Orioles series, preview the Guardians series, and try to look at the positives of this past series against Baltimore. Now let's get into my conversation with Corbin. We are here with Corbin from Red Sea Radio. So how
1: are we doing, Corbin? I'm doing, uh, doing all right. Could have been better. Probably should have been better today, but uh, we're surviving. We're, uh, we're dead even is what we are. We're not good. We're not bad.
0: Well, especially with the great performance that we saw, you know, in two days ago eight to six win in game two nice to see jaron duran hit the grand slam i mean he's on fire right now and especially kluber what he was able to do go six innings but i mean caleb Ward, you know allowing that many runs in the ninth inning come on what are we doing here
1: yeah caleb is uh caleb's a heart attack waiting to happen at this point i uh yeah you know it's tough with the bullpen right now because at the beginning of the season the bullpen was kind of That was your nail, right? Mm -hmm. You knew that the bullpen was going to be good. And the bullpen up until this point has been good. The problem is those sort of like last spot in the roster type guys, there's no movement with them because you have all these injuries. So it's like, you know, (laughs) a little sneak peek here for those of you who don't know, I make YouTube videos and uh, we're recording this before my video comes out. And my video is actually titled The Red Sox Need Consistency, right? And it was just... (laughs) It was amplified in this series because you got one good start, one mediocre start, and then one terrible start. Mm -hmm. And then you had one good bullpen game, one mediocre bullpen game, and one bad bullpen game. And it's just, you you know, that's the sort of thing we're seeing so far this season. That's kind of the reason why they're stuck at this 500 mark.
0: And it's funny because when I had on Gordo a a few days ago, him and I talked about the same thing. Because I said to him about, uh, you know, Chris Sale, really reminding me of a lot of the other pitchers in this rotation, you know, specifically Whitlock as well. You don't know what you're going to get from him on a given night. You know what, one night he goes out there shoves the next night. It reminds me of the cycle of Eduardo Rodriguez. I always bring this up sort of like with Nick Pavetta, like he he shoves like one outing, you know, does like a two hitter. And then, you know, he lets up eight runs like the next outing, but like, I, I agree with you. And, and that's something, especially I, I think with the rotation, you could put the bullpen in there as well. Luckily, the offense has been consistent as of late, but it's just that consistency. And I, I feel like that's the only way that you're going to be able to get consistent W's.
1: Yeah, it is. It, it, and you're going to get W's. You're going to, because the offense has been insane so far this year, right? But the difference is, is you're not going to be able to go on those crazy win streaks if right. every three days, you know, you you get a starter that comes out and does seven in three innings, right? It's just it, it's not sustainable over a, over a 162 season because the Red Sox need those. They need a week where they win seven games in a row. They need a week where they go five and two or five yeah. and one, right? And you saw it a little bit with the Angels, but a lot of that was because of the offense. It wasn't really because of the starting pitching. I agree.
0: And it is going to be very interesting to see the shuffle that could happen when Paxton ultimately does come up. Uh, you you know, we're, we're probably going to see him pitch on Sunday uh, for the Wu Sox. Did relatively well uh, in, in his Tuesday outing. I, w- I was at the game and, uh, you know, allowed, you know, three earned runs, did strike out. I believe it was five or six batters was up at 97 miles per hour. But I, I think the biggest thing when you look at the rotation is who are you going to pick? Halker Bavetta Pavetta to essentially put in the bullpen?
1: yeah I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle I, I think uh, Paxton's gonna be a little bit off. I think we're gonna see at least two more starts from in the minor leagues I don't think the Red Sox are gonna rush him back by any means yeah so I think I think Pavetta and Hauk. I think Hauk got his second to last at least showcase start is what I'll call it and Pavetta's gonna have two as well and it's sort of just gonna come down to who's been more consistent
0: and I think especially with Pavetta at this moment you you already know exactly what you got in him and you know i I heard you know Tyler and Jared talking about it on the Caravas part. And I think they made a great point of, you know, if, if this truly is a season where it's a showcase year to to see what you have, why not give Hauk the chance? You already know what you have in Bavetta, and so he already has that experience in the bullpen. And I I, th- I think you know you point to those two guys immediately because you know you saw what Paxton did coming out of the bullpen in Worcester, <laughs> right. you know, like six earned <laughs> runs in a point point two innings. Uh, but I I mean I, I think you got to keep on riding it with how to see if he's able to give you some consistency and continue to get better as a starter.
1: Yeah. I mean, he hasn't been anything insane so far this year, but he has been your most consistent starter, right? He's been the starter who's given you a chance to win every single time he's gone on the mound. You, You really can't say that about anyone else in this rotation right now.
0: I agree. And I I think that's going to be the biggest thing. And, and, you know, you also put Bayou into the equation, especially with him getting demoted a few days ago. I'm curious to see how they go about that. And if we see him come up in a few days for his next round uh, of Mm. of the rotation. Um, But I, I, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head with the consistency specifically in the rotation, because one thing that has been going around in my mind, and I don't think I've said it yet yet on the podcast is I would love to see even though it's it's hard to, like, grasp at this moment in time. But, I mean, at the trade deadline, nobody expected Jake Diekman to get traded for how bad he was and, and how many runs he allowed, especially, to to blow Red Sox games. And for them to get Reese McGuire and a Taylor Broadway in the trade and it's looking really good right now, all yeah, I'm is. thinking about is is if the Red Sox are able to find a way to offload Klu- Kluber for a piece who's really underrated, I'm looking to work his magic. Like, that'd be amazing.
1: Yeah, that'd be incredible. I, I would even not throw James Paxton out of that ring either, right? Yeah. If James Paxton comes up and he's relatively mediocre, that's a, in my opinion, that's the biggest yeah. candidate in terms of deadline trades because the Red Sox were pretty, you know, outspoken about not wanting him back. Right? He was one of the first, mm-hmm. first people who they did not pick up his option, and, and you you could tell right away that they didn't think that he was going to pick it up. So I could see, yeah. I could see, especially you know, especially after. You've, you've got – if Hulk develops into a solid, even four starter, mm-hmm. there's not really room for Paxson in, in this rotation. Obviously, if you're going to sit there and you're going to think between Paxson and Bayo, it, you know, you're not you're not going for division aspirations this mm-hmm. season. you got to go Bayo. So right. where does that leave Paxson?
0: I agree. And, you know, especially the two guys that are up right now and, and Manuel Valdez and uh, Brendan Bardino – I think for Valdez, you know, obviously he's just up here filling, filling in for uh, for Yu Chang, but Barnardino, I mean, he's getting a real shot at, at being able to show that he deserves to stay in this bullpen. Uh, I, I think especially with the Sox claiming him last week, I, I was I was pretty surprised how quickly he he got the boot yeah. right up, especially because I don't yeah. know if you looked at his stats. I mean, he allowed, he's allowed one more run than he did all last season uh, in AAA. He allowed uh, 11 earned runs, this season, and he only allowed 10 last year in 32 innings. And so yeah. he's looked very well uh, so far uh, with the Sox. But I'm curious to see, you know, eventually when Paxton comes up and Bayo comes up as well, it's going to be a toss-up between Ort and Bardino. Or you could even throw Brazier in there too.
1: Yeah, and you got to remember that Martin's probably coming back in the next week or so. Yeah. You've got Joelli who started throwing, so he's getting close, right? He's probably about a month off. Uh, you just you don't have room on this team for all the pitches you have you gotta there's gonna be some really really interesting decisions in may i think that's gonna be what we're gonna see now because i I, you could like when i was talking about in my video i was talking about with Bayo. i was like i could see him being down there for a month or two i wouldn't be surprised yeah because it gives it gives the red Sox the opportunity to sort of feel out the rest of the rotation right without sort of you know detrimenting his development I think
0: especially with these types of problems it's it's not a bad problem at all and no, I, I no, think especially no. with the amount of depth, the pitching depth, I'm loving it like i yeah. I, th- I think it's great to see the the amount of options that the Sox have now are especially in the rotation now are all the options like top tier options? no, but at the same time, it's nice to be able to have different guys that you can stock down in Worcester and to be able mm-hmm. to have some sort of excitement as
1: well. Oh, 100%. I also think, too, one of the things people always talk about this rotation as being terrible, and right now it's not doing itself any favors, but I will say the, the upside with this rotation is kind of massive, right? Especially if you can get Garrett Whitlock to what w- the Red Sox, and I think people who think Garrett Whitlock can be a good starting pitcher can be, Tanner Houck becomes a really solid 3-4 type pitcher. Then you wind it out with Paxton or Pavetta. And then you add in, you know, the pitcher with the highest upside in terms of prospects that we've had since what? Clay Buchholz?
0: Yeah.
1: Right? I mean, the upside in this rotation is insane. It's just you got to figure out a way to settle it down. And I think that all starts with Chris Sale, who quite literally had his worst start of his career on, what was that, Friday? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that, that was really tough to watch. And, uh, you know, shout out to Red Sox Nation Stats. He, he, he put out on Twitter, quote, tweet in my tweet this afternoon. Red Sox starters ERA of 645 entering today's action. Second worst in the major leagues. Opponents have a 869 OPS versus Boston starters, which is the third highest in the game. I hope that you are enjoying my conversation with Corbin, but I just want to take a second to talk to you about eBay Motors. So for a championship team, it's all about making sure Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions may apply. Now let's get back into my conversation with Corbin.
1: Yeah. And it's insane because you look at this division – And you realize that if Corey Kluber is right now, he's one and four. And obviously, wins don't mean a ton when it comes to individual accolades, right? But if you flip that and you make it four and one, we're talking about fighting for second or third place in this division. Mm -hmm. We're talking about being a legitimate contender in this division. Obviously, the Rays are off in another stratosphere right now. But you're talking about a legitimate contender if we just flipped one of these guys, right? If Chris Sale didn't have a, what, a nine ERA right now, you're talking Mm -hmm. about a second, third place team. Right. We're, I agree. We're, it, it, you know, for, for the aspirations that a lot of fans thought this team was going to have going into 2023, uh, being a starter away, being a legitimate, consistent starter away mm-hmm. from a contending team is pretty impressive. Yeah. Regardless 100%. of whether or not they're 500.
0: I, I, I think it, it obviously helps with how well the offense has been playing. You know, we spoke about it earlier. And I, I think, especially with, You know, the power that's been showcased. I mean, I thought there was supposed to be no power bats in this lineup outside of Adam Duvall. And now we're seeing Masataki Yoshida, you know, really using those dumbbells that (laughs) seem to be blown up. I guess they're freaking pumping up his jacks,
1: you know? Yeah, it's crazy. What Masataki Yoshida is doing right now is silencing a lot of people. And you can see it. If you had been watching like if you were watching every single game this year, you could you see the potential there. You know Mm -hmm. how well he can hold off of these pitches that normal rookies in major league base, because that's basically what he is, right? He's got baseball experience, but he's a rookie. And he's laying off these pitches and he's he's making contact with everything. But that swing path was off. He was on top of the ball every single time, you know. So so you're starting to see what he can do if he gets under the ball. And it is terrifying if you're not a Red Sox fan.
0: And I think that's the funny part, too, because, you know, so many people talked about the batting average. They talked about the locks throughout the offseason. And then you know, they forgot and neglected that he won the home run derby in Japan and, you know, hit 19 <laughs> right. bombs And But I mean, I think it was uh, either fan graphs or baseball reference still projected him at 18 home runs at this point. I mean, you know, he's already got four and we're only at the end of April.
1: Yeah, I, I think it would. It is not a crazy thing to say he's a 20 plus home run player. Yeah, it's not. And the crazy, this is a crazy stat that I found out just researching this series. Over the last two series, starting at the beginning of the Milwaukee series, Yoshida came in with a 193 average and an OPS of just 582. He finished in Baltimore with a 276 average and an 832 OPS. He brought it up 300 points.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: (laughs) It's insane. (laughs) That's that's.
0: I don't know if you saw the uh the picture that was going around. I think uh, Fuzzy from from like he does YouTube videos too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, yeah. he put out uh, the Mookie Betts and uh, Masataki <laughs> Yoshida like side by side, and like I I tweeted this afternoon. I'm like, if you're a Red Sox fan, you got to be smiling at this.
1: Yeah, it's a ton of fun to watch. It, it, at the very least, the Red Sox are playing very fun baseball. Him combined with Duran, that sort of you know comeback type mentality that he's had like- this season. You know, even, even Casas is, is struggling, but when he's, he has like what, 10 hits, six of them mm-hmm. are extra base hits and three of them are home runs like, you're starting to see what he could possibly look like, you know? So it's, it's a lot of fun to watch.
0: And I, I think like I semi like, you know, opposite jinx Jaron Duran uh, with, with the home run thing yesterday. Cause I, I recorded uh, you know, the, the intro and everything like that for, you know, my interview with him uh, for yesterday's episode prior to yesterday's game. And, you know, I said, you know, despite him, you know, not hitting a home run, like it's nice to see him just trying to get on base and not trying to hit a home run every single play, <sighs> but then he hits a grand slam and, you know, goes, goes three for four as a triple shy for, from the cycle. So I guess, I guess my words semi helped him out, but you know, I think the biggest thing with him, it was really cool to hear his interview uh, after the game, talking all about how he feels a lot more comfortable being able to, you know, talk to these different teammates feel supported because I I think one of the biggest things that was overshadowed and it was nice that, you know, he he spoke more about it at the end of last year was, was how he struggled with his mental health and how he struggled with, with the pressure and the failure that he was feeling throughout his second stint. And he felt like he couldn't really talk to anybody. So it was nice to hear that, you know, a guy like Alex Verdugo who was on team Mexico with him, you know, Kike Hernandez, you know, Justin Turner, have his back and are there to support him.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of the signings this year was to introduce a new culture into a essentially a transition period within this Red Sox organization. Right. Yeah. Cause you know, in the next couple of years, this, this team's probably going to look a lot different. Your mainstay is Rafi. Hmm. We don't know what Tristan's going to be, you know, but you're getting all these rookies coming up. And I think the idea going into the season was look, Let's get some veteran guys in here who who are known for their clubhouse presence to to sort of be supplemental to these young guys who are coming up for the first, second, third time here. I remember a story, Zach Kelly on opening day when he had that pass ball and he was super upset with himself. After the game, Kenley Jansen came over after all the meetings and stuff and just sat and talked with him about what it's like to fail at the major league level for 30 minutes.
0: Wow, that's cool. I didn't. Like I didn't just, know that. I, I think, especially yeah. with him, uh, I forget. Sadan Rafaela. Him and Stan Rafaela became like best buds during spring training, and just the his ability to, you know, put guys under his wing. Because you, you know, you always hear like a like a relief pitcher or a relief pitcher like get getting the chance to, uh, you know, learn from each other and everything like that. But you don't always hear from a, a closer, you know, going to a Red Sox top prospect outfielder and and being like that. And I, I, I yeah. think it's huge not only that the Sox have them for two years but especially this season as you mentioned with that tra- transition year happening
1: yeah yeah and i think uh i think you know i think a lot of people who are relatively positive about this team going into the year were big on look this team is going to be propelled or brought down by the vibes in the clubhouse yeah that's how it's going to go they're either going to play as one singular unit or they're going to fall apart and so far I mean, they're they're not lighting the world on fire in terms of record, but they're playing together. Yeah, You know, you see every single a- after game interview. It's, you know, Chris Sale has a terrible outing. What was the best start? What was the best thing in your start? My teammates, right? You know, Jaron ran after, like you said, saying, what was the best? What's the best part of you coming back and being, you know, better this time around? Well, I'm more comfortable in the clubhouse because of my teammates, right? So you know, they don't, we don't have to believe in them. They have mm-hmm. to believe in them. And so right. far, you know, it's, it's, it's been all right. I, I think up until this point in the season, but again, you're going to ne- need to start seeing some changes here quickly, or that 500 hump's going to be pretty hard to get over. Yeah.
0: And I, I think, you know, for, for April, uh, semi, what I expected, I don't know about you, but I, I, I agree with you, especially once you start to get down the stretch of, no, June, July. I mean, we all know how July and August have been for the Red Sox, you know, in 2022 and 2021, uh, not only yeah. with injuries, but with COVID as well. And yeah, I, I, I think that's, that. that's, that's the stretch when you really got to show what kind of team you are.
1: Yeah, 100%. And uh, yeah, I think they they brought in the right pieces to get us through that stretch, the problem the problem's going to be is if they're healthy in June and July, right? Because, I mean, you're already – you're praying Duvall's back at the end of June. You're praying Story's ready by the end of July. Yeah. You're, you're praying Joeli comes back on time. You got Paxson, you know, who starting to figure it out in the minor leagues but isn't, in, in I don't think anyone's opinion, ready for Major League Baseball yet. You got um, that Wyatt Mills who could be a mm-hmm. pretty big contributor in the bullpen.
0: Don't forget about so, Mondesi either.
1: Yeah, yeah, Mondesi at the end of May. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's going to be interesting come June or July because it's like, what is this? This Red Sox team that we're seeing right now is 80% of what we're going to see in June or July. So, yeah. I think especially the
0: middle infield too. Like, it's 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 going to be very interesting how the middle infield looks after August, like after mm-hmm. the trade deadline passes because, I mean, obviously we're we're, we're still in April at this moment in time. I mean, if, if Christian Arroyo doesn't pick it up by June or July, I I, th- I think you got to figure out like a namestay at second base and not just keep having it be a cycle, you know, Kike go over there when you're not in center field or Jaren's out there or, you know, keep on bringing up. Emma well, Valdez or putting you Chang over there, you know, praying he does something at the plate outside of his spectacular plays on defense, you know?
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, the middle middle infield is definitely the most interesting part of the, uh, sort of equation here going forward because you have two guys coming back. I mean, Yu Chang was never really going to be a long-term solution in the middle of the field, but of course he's going to come back at some point. And uh, you know, Kike Kike started the year very interestingly on defense, right? It was what, five errors before he had five hits. Yeah. Um but he's heated up at the plate a little bit. You're starting to see the defense come around a little bit. And then you're getting back Mondesi, who is primarily a second base or a shortstop, right? But he could play some second base if he needed to. I don't know how. I think he's definitely had experience at third base. I don't know exactly how much experience he had at second base, but with Christian Arroyo, you know how much time do you give him before it's like, okay, you know, we gave you the opportunity to be a starter. It didn't. It didn't entirely work out. You are a fantastic utility piece. We're gonna yeah. keep you here because I, I think. There's still room for Christian Roy on this team. It's just a matter 100%. of whether or not he's a starter. And I, yeah. I, again, it's still April, right? He's never been a starting player in his entire life. He's got time to turn it around.
0: I hope that you are enjoying my conversation with Corbin. But today's episode is brought to you by Better Help. So I don't know about you, but I'm somebody who really cares about my mental health. If you're watching the video version, I have a mental health matters uh, hat on, and you know this is this is something where. I've dealt with mental health struggles throughout my life, and therapy has been a huge part of helping me figure out ways to improve my mental health, different practices, uh, to be able to help relieve anxiety in different aspects of mental health as well. And it's, it's also a great way to learn how to be more self-aware and, and discover who you are as well as what you want and why you react to different things. And it's always nice to be able to have somebody else other than your parents or your friends be able to talk to who don't you know have a preconceived uh you know opinion or something like that and i i feel like especially with therapy the biggest thing that you know takes people away uh from therapy is not being able to find a therapist near them find the right price uh you know be, be able to you know switch therapists as well it isn't easy either but you know i'm somebody who's you know been with multiple different therapists and, and it's been a really gratifying uh experience for me i've learned a lot about myself I've Learned about my passions and you know who I truly want to be on this earth, and I, I think that's really important to to figure out. And I think therapy is is something that everybody should try and get involved in if if you're open to it. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And also, all you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and Swiss therapist anytime. For no additional charge. And that is something that I don't know about you. I'm definitely gonna check out because I need a new therapist myself. So discover your potential with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash lockdownmob today to get 10% off your first month. That's better help. H E L P dot com slash lockdown M L B. Now let's get back into my conversation with Corbin. And also, you know, he's he's been down for for a little bit and and you know, got got a pinch hit opportunity uh with, with two of the bats in, the, in this past game but I, I i just i was just hoping for more but i mean i i guess a lot of people say that in april especially with, with baseball just coming back so I, I guess i'll have to come back to this conversation in june or something like that but i i think that is you know the biggest the biggest thing that is really interesting about this current team is is what will that middle infield look like when all those guys do come back and i i, I i'm just excited I'm just excited to where there's a time where everybody is healthy on the Red Sox It's not sort of this thing that we've been going through all of April of, Oh, I can't wait until so-and-so comes back. And I feel like luckily it's, it's, it's not like this, but like, obviously the last like two or three years, it's like, Oh, when Chris sale comes back, like that's a savior. Like I just hate waiting on people to come back to where like this team is like fully healthy and like fully Mm -hmm. ready to like fully compete in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I think uh, it's been a bit frustrating the last couple of years because uh, realistically, the last couple of years, you've been sort of waiting for Chris Sale, Yeah. right? There hasn't been any other real major injuries that I can remember being like, if we can get to this point without this guy, we'll be fine going forward. But Chris Sale has definitely been the guy you've been waiting for. Now it's sort of like, okay, how do we piece the team together until Story and Duvall get back? And on top of that, what are Story and Duvall going to look like? Because Duvall was insane, like other world legendary the first week of the season. What are the chances he comes back and he co- goes back on the legendary, um, pace, right? It's probably not fantastic, but those are two guys who can give you a lot of power from the right hand side, something you just don't have right now.
0: So Gordo and I talked about this a few days ago. I'm curious your thoughts. Uh, we get to like June and, uh, Adam Duval comes back and, uh, jaron duran is like hitting like over 300 you know he's he's setting the world on fire like defense looks good like you're not going to take him out of that position
1: it's it's a hard (laughs) it's a hard question to answer because (laughs) because lineup wise right you've got to put Duvall in there somewhere turner's been fantastic at dh so far this year you know just in terms of legitimate protection for rafael Devers, you can't take justin turner out of the lineup so you know, and I, I get asked this a hundred times a day. I was on a I did a live I do live streams every Wednesday on my channel and I had that question asked probably like 35-40 times. My answer was always the same. I think what you need to do when Duval comes back is start off platooning them, right? Start off especially because we don't know what Jaron Rand's gonna look like, but if he's doing what you said he's doing, platoon him and see kind of let him battle it out yeah. on the field, see which one starts performing better and if there's a there's a week where adam duvall is hitting the way he was hitting to begin the season you're playing him every day oh he's cooled down all right do du- uh, duran you're back in against righties right yeah. and, and that's think, sort of I, how you
0: run it i think Toppy has already won that competition with duran even though he's only been up here for a week
1: you think Toppy is better?
0: duran duran oh, has yes. won that competition i mean i said the yeah. wrong way
1: yeah, yeah. i just start the season that was the right move Right. You wanted Duran yeah. to get every every 100%. day A B's. You knew what Tapia was gonna be. But yeah, Duran came up here lighting the world on fire. I think at this point Tapia is expendable. Cause even if even if Jaren Duran does cool off he's still going to be hitting about what Ryan Maltapia was giving you. I don't know yeah. Ryan Maltapia's exact you know statistics right now, but it can't exactly be
0: fantastic. No, I don't think so. I'll, I'll This will make you laugh. Jaron Durant actually played second base uh, when he was in the minors in 2019. So yeah. they could put him there. No, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Throw him in second? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised, man. It, it is like a huge topic of conference. People want him there. Yeah, People were like, put him in second base. I mean, I, you could give it a shot, I guess, but – now is not the time to do that i don't think
0: <laughs> well so when i was uh when i was you know watching the portland sea dogs and Don rafael was getting reps at like shortstop like i posted a video on uh twitter and people are like get him up here right yeah. now like <laughs> but like when, when they're play my play announcer said uh you know they play in there once or twice a week i was like wait say that again like could we see rafael up here at shortstop i'm like all right but i mean i i think obviously keep duran in center field don't don't like get him confused with with defense no stuff. But, no like, yeah we all know how much this front office loves to freaking
1: move people around <laughs> hey duran's looking a lot better defensively did you he see is. that play you had during this series that, that was play unbelievable chris sale yeah just saved chris sale from like a 10 run game duran yeah that was the best catch i've seen duran make in yeah. a red Sox uniform no Definitely question it. but just even the routine routine ones last year it was like <sighs> Let's go into center field. Where's it gonna land? Right. Yeah. This year, you know, it's kind of like, all right, Duran, you know, I, you're doing it. The yeah. routes look a lot better, the jumps look a lot better. I, I think he he's genuinely coming into his own, which I is agree. fantastic.
0: I, I was uh when I, I was like making preview videos uh like this morning and was looking through some of his highlights from like twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two, and it was it's like kind of like heartbreaking to like see like how different of a person he is, just like just Seeing him and his energy, it was so different outside of in 2021 when he had that inside the park home run. Like outside of that, like it, it was just a completely different sort of energy than you see right now. Um, I I, th- I think you can't not love to see that and be excited about you know the future of all these young guys being able to show what they got. Uh, but you know the Sox got uh the Guardians coming up next. Uh, Shane Bieber, Nick Pavetta on the mound for Game One uh, tomorrow. Uh, or on Friday, excuse me. Uh, but curious what you think about uh, that Guardian series.
1: Um, it's going to be really interesting. The Guardians have a fairly similar record to you. They're second in their division because everywhere else in the entire Major League Baseball, the Red Sox would not be in last place. Um, and you're kind of evenly matched, right? Yeah. A little bit, you are. The Red Sox are definitely been better offensively this year, but the Guardians have, you know, they've got Shane Bieber. They've got, is Tristan McKenzie still in the I.L.?
0: I think so.
1: Yeah, I don't, want to them, some... no. I
0: don't. I don't keep close tabs on them. Honestly, <laughs> <I>
1: think, <laughs> I, they're kind of a team I forget about until it's yeah. like playoff time, and you're like, ah, oh, crap, honestly, we got yeah. the Guardians. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, when they made the playoffs last year, I was like, wait, the Guardians made it. <laughs>
1: yeah, and they kind of smoked that division too. Yeah. But you don't think Again. of them as a legitimate contender.
0: Yeah. Well, so with Shane be Bieber, better. obviously Shane Bieber, Shane Bieber. But I, I thought that was in, this was interesting. I didn't know this. Uh, in four starts, five games in four starts, he has a 6.21 ERA against the Red Sox, a two and three record, uh, and has allowed 20 earned runs uh, over 23 strikeouts uh, against the Sox, which I, I didn't know that. That's awesome to know. Hope it works out.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he's been you know he's been pretty good this year. But, uh, yeah, the Red Sox have this weird thing where they just kind of own really good pitchers except for, like, Shohei Otani. Like, Garrett Cole dominates everyone else but gets crushed by the Red Sox. You got Bieber gets crushed by the Red Sox. True. Um, (laughs) You got Alec Manoa doesn't do fantastic against the Red Sox either, and he was, what, second or third? Do you think he's going
0: to get hit by Alex Verdugo when they face each other next
1: God, I hope we need a fight. When was the last time? This sounds terrible, but we do. We need a brawl. When was the last time we saw a Joe brawl? They found part. That's what, yeah, that's like, what I literally. thought too. We've seen like dust ups and stuff, but when was the last time they like, yeah, was someone charged them out?
0: Yeah, we're going to see something. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like there's the energy. There's like that like hate energy like we used to have with the, with the Rays and the Red Sox. Like it used to be like that a few mm. years ago, kind of with the Blue Jays a few years ago. I can't really think of a team right now that, that the Sox have that like hatred
1: towards. I wouldn't be surprised if it becomes the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays beat yeah. up on us constantly. I hope so. And you got you got guys watch. like yeah Alec Manoa. I don't like Bobaschad. I don't think the Red Sox like Bobaschad. So it's no. like you just you got these guys that definitely you you could see the the hatred boiling. Yeah. I'd love to see that because I hate watching the Red Sox play the Blue Jays.
0: <laughs> all, all I'm thinking about is just. Manoa hits Verdugo and they just go back and forth. Because you know they both have huge mouths, but uh yeah, mm-hmm. no nobody wants to see anybody get hurt, but it's just all about the entertainment at this point. Yeah,
1: no, yeah. And you know what fires <laughs> up a team? Yeah, beating the crap out of another team yeah. physically. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, but as for the Guardian series, yeah, I think this will be it'll be really interesting because it's kind of very similar path so far this year. Uh just taking a look at the like the three games we're playing against them. You've got you've got Pavetta, you've got Whitlock, you've got Sale, and then they're putting out Pleissack. You talked about Bieber and this guy, LT Allen. I don't think Logan I've heard Allen. of him. Yet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, Logan he, Allen. Okay, he
0: uh, he shoved in his debut, and I saw him pitch against the Woo Sox uh, in AAA, and yeah, he, he he's really good.
1: Yeah, so you, you know you kind of got this again: the pitching versus the offense, which one's going to win? And we're back home, which is fantastic. Socks Sox,
0: Sox got to steal the guy who is grabbing all these pitching prospects. <laughs> Seriously, bro, Sox know, got to crazy. steal that guy.
1: The Guardians and the Tampa Bay Rays—it's like they just pluck him out of thin air. So the Mar- it. the
0: Marlins got the uh, the Astros guy. Like,
1: and when oh, I saw true, that he was yeah. like
0: up for grabs, I was like, hi, grab him, steal him." <laughs> the we Marlins need more pitching team. prospects.
1: No, we need it so bad. I I love I love Murphy. I think Murphy could be a legitimate. Like I sort of so. back of the back of the rotation type I guy. I like Walter too. Walter's good. Yeah. No, Mod Ma- 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 is, Ma- Ma- is a good arm. Yeah, I think arm. so. Yeah. How's he doing so far this year? Because he's, he's not, not great. So yeah, I, um, I saw one game where he hit like five dudes in a row or something. Yeah.
0: It, yeah. Oh yeah. I was working that game. That was oh, yeah, really? that was that was kind of crazy. But every <laughs> single game that I've worked and he's pitched, uh, he, he's at least walked four to five guys. I mm. think I think uh somebody told me yesterday that his walk per nine is like nine. Like it's Oof. crazy.
1: Like yeah, <laughs> that's not great. <laughs> you just can't start
0: doing that that type of stuff. Um, yeah, but yeah. So with the, with the Guardian series, what what are you thinking? I'm thinking. Um, I mean, with with these pitching matchups and with how close these teams are, I'm saying two two out of three. Sox win two out of three.
1: I like it. Every time I say the Red Sox are going to win a series, they lose the series. So I'm kind of nervous to say they're going to win two out of three. <laughs> <laughs> but it does. I mean, it lines up, right? If sale if sale can give you a decent start whitlock against the guardians i actually really like that matchup i think his stuff plays really well against a team that hits that makes a lot of contact Mm -hmm. um and then pavetta god knows but at least we do know he probably keep you in the game right it could be five runs it could be no runs but he'll probably try and keep you in a game so yeah i would agree you know what i'm gonna go sweep
0: i like it going going jake yassi style and then actually I, i just clicked over Blue Jays May first. Hopefully, hopefully, we something happens with that. You know, we we previewed the Guardians and we previewed the Blue Jays series too.
1: I wonder, just real quick, before we run out of time. Oh, they don't have it up. I was gonna say, no, I wonder yeah, if this they DVD. have. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, whoever,
0: I, I'm blanking on who the coach is. He I, he's he's a he's a manager who I can't remember his name, but he just needs to make sure Alec, Alec Manoa is is starting. It's a point. that's all yep. I care about.
1: Just throw them in there. Just <laughs> throw, throw them in, there, them in there. Three days rest for us.
0: <laughs> I love it. But appreciate you coming on, Carbon, for course, you know, all your time. insight. Had, had a lot of fun you know, talking socks, as I always do. But for um for anybody who, who wants to check out the YouTube channel and support your stuff, uh, where can they find all that stuff?
1: Uh, Red Seat Radio on everything. It's Red Seat Radio. YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, whatever you guys want to follow me on, I will be there. Talking socks. It. Almost yeah. every single day,
0: and also you do a you do a live stream on Wednesdays.
1: Yeah, every Wednesday, unless it's a day game. Oh, okay, and then I'll switch it up. But, but <laughs> I say every Wednesdays because it really is it. most Wednesdays.
0: <laughs> so everybody go check that out. Uh, and, and luckily, your videos are around ten minutes or so. So you know, right after you listen to Lockdown while you're driving in the car, and you get home, and you want to watch some Red Sox YouTube videos, put on Red Seat Radio. But appreciate you coming on, Corbin. Thanks, man. It's a it was a pleasure. I hope that you did enjoy my conversation with Corbin got a little bit more insight on, you know, some of the positives that came out of this Orioles series is, well, it's got a few laughs in there. I I think it was a fun conversation, especially there at the end, uh, you know, starting to preview the blue Jays series and the rivalry that the Sox could have with that team. And, you know, potential brawl or some bad death between Alex Verdugo and Alec Manoa. I don't know. I'm really excited. I'm super happy that, you know, fun baseball is back and you know, the Sox are winning, even though you know they, they they didn't win in their last game. You know, they're stacking up the W's and they're looking a lot better than you know, at least I expected them to, uh, so far in April. But if you want to stay up to date with everything that is happening with the Boston Red Sox five days a week, make sure to subscribe to Locked On Red Sox over on YouTube or whatever audio platform that you listen to. And also, we want to thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. And for my or tomorrow on the show. We have a very special guest in Red Sox top prospect, Nick York. I talked to him a little bit about how he's enjoyed his time with the Red Sox thus far and how he's really been trying to work on his swing and work on his approach going into this season now with the Portland Sea Dogs. So make sure to check in tomorrow for that lengthy interview and Also, I greatly appreciate everybody's support over this last week or so with all these different guests, it's been a lot of fun being able to bring on different faces and and, in different perspectives as well, uh, to be able to talk about this team and and go different avenues and, 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 you know, look at different topics. And it's it's been a lot of fun to, you know, be able to interact with different people in the Red Sox community as well. But I hope you're excited for, you know, the, not only the Nick York interview, but also uh what's to come over these next few weeks or so over on the Locked On Red Sox podcast. But if you want to stay up to date with everything that is happening on this podcast, follow us over on Twitter. It's LO underscore Red Sox. Also follow myself. It's at Jake Iggy. And also my co- co-host Lauren is la-la-la, 3 laws, Lauren with four R's. But as always, we greatly appreciate everybody tuning in. I hope that you have a great rest of your day. And we'll end this episode how we always end it. Keep the faith and let's go Sox. Peace.